everything, that for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And hello, everyone, and welcome to a program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones. I want to encourage you to get your Bibles ready for today's topic as we talk about Pharaoh's fall, looking at Ezekiel chapters 30 and 31. So we'd love for you to join us and be part of the program. For those of you who follow us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us as well. But before continuing, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, again, we thank you so much for this opportunity to dive in your word, to try to better understand Ezekiel, which can be kind of a complicated book uh, written so long ago, but with prophecies that reach far into the future. So, Lord, uh, put your blessing and understanding upon us today so we may grow in our faith and understanding of you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into the truth will set you free. Bible prophecy edition. Vic Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Our topic is Pharaoh's fall as we look at Ezekiel chapter 30. So stay tuned for today's program. But before I continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host to the program, Nathan Jones. Nate, it's great to have you on. Hey, brother. Always good to be on. We're so glad that you all have tuned in to the truth will set you free. We're excited that you've joined us in this journey through the book of Ezekiel. And, uh, if you folks uh, want to go on other journeys with Vic and I over the years, we have covered Revelation, First uh, and Second Thessalonians, Zechariah, I believe most of the minor prophets, the book of Daniel, and uh, we put all those on our website at ChristinProphecy.org. Just go under Watch Podcasts, and then the truth will set you free is there. Or if you like uh, to prefer Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or RSS feed, and we also have these series on our blog, which is is ChristInProphecyBlog.org, and I've also written out these, and Vic, Vic and I even took it one step further for Revelation, and we turned our, our teaching into a blog series and then into a book called The Mighty Angels of Revelation, which you can get on our website at LambLionResources.com, or also if you go to Amazon or any of the other ebook readers. Uh, my blessed wife, who works in our media department, has put all our books up from this ministry on Amazon and other e-readers. And uh, that's a lot of work, but uh, we want to make sure it's easy to get them. So come on, along with us as we go through the book of Ezekiel. Nathan, that is fantastic. And yeah, we think the staff and all those behind the scenes that make this wonderful ministry move forward. Uh, and I think it's just a lot of wonderful resources for people to be able to uh, enjoy and, and join us, like you said, Nathan, in this wonderful journey through the word of God. And that's what's exciting, Nathan, as you and I have been teaching different uh, portions of scripture, different books, different verses, different topics. Uh, we each one has its own flavor. And Ezekiel happens to be one of those. And it's just an exciting book. And you and I have been making our way through it chapter by chapter, verse by verse. We've seen kingdoms rise and we've seen kingdoms fall. Uh, we were looking at various kingdoms during the time that Ezekiel uh, is uh, is prophesying, and it's just amazing also the history behind each one of these kingdoms. And you and I began to talk about this amazing kingdom, and that had to do with the kingdom of Egypt. And we were talking about Pharaoh. And Nathan, you were um, highlighting for us and also clarifying the reality that Pharaoh, in a sense, is a title. There have been many Pharaohs ruling in Egypt, right? 
Yeah, it's similar to uh, Caesar or Czar, which is a derivative of Caesar. Um, they're kings. Uh, so, yeah, you call them pharaoh. It's like calling the Joe Biden right now president, which I continue to shudder to do every time I say that. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, pharaoh as well. You know, they had names like Ramses and Amenhotep and uh, uh, all these other different types of, of, of pharaohs. But, yes, so when... The Lord addresses Pharaoh. He's also addressing Egypt. Pharaoh stands in for Egypt, similarly to like when we say the White House. You know, we're not addressing the building. We're addressing what the White House represents. And that's the center of, of executive power here in the United States or the Kremlin would be a representative of Russia and so forth and so on. Yeah, Nathan, and, and it's almost like when we talked about the, the Caesars or, or the Pope uh, today, when you say the Pope, people think of the current Pope. But there's been many popes uh, in the Roman Catholic Church. And, and much like the Pharaoh, uh, they carry each each one carries with him uh, great history, if you will. And you and I last week, we, we began to look at uh, Egypt itself and how Egypt has been around for a long time. And Egypt will continue to be around for the long, for a long time, in the time that Ezekiel was writing, the present, the past, and even in the future. So we want to encourage those of you that are part of our program to follow along with this exciting journey. Now, as we're covering really uh, the fall of Pharaoh, as we pick it up in Ezekiel uh, chapter thirty, there beginning on verse twenty through twenty-six. Nathan, will you be able to open us up by reading those verses for us, in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Sure, 20 through 26. And it came to pass in the 11th year, in the first month, on the seventh day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, I have broken the arm of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and see, it has not been bandaged for healing, nor a splint put on to bind it, but to make it strong enough to hold a sword. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Surely I am against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and will break his arms. Both the strong one and the one that was broken, I will make the sword fall out of his hand. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them throughout the countries. I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon and put my sword in his hand. But I will break Pharaoh's arms and he will groan before him and the groanings of the mortally wounded man. Thus, I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon. But the arms of Pharaoh shall fall down. They shall know that I am the Lord when I put my sword into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he stretches it out against the land of Egypt. I will scatter the Egyptians amongst the nations and disperse them throughout the countries. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Nathan, I am reminded as we read this passage, Ezekiel, excuse me, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 8 says that there's a time to hate and a time of war. In a time of peace, there are seasons for all things. And here we're finding now these kingdoms, each one going through a season. Some will rise to power. Others will fall and crumble. And we see here now the fall of Egypt. Yeah. Well, you're about to break out and sing that song by the birds, right? Almost. But I can't sing. So let's stick to teaching. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. You don't want want me singing too. Now. Let's, let's put this in context here. So Ezekiel's about 2,600 years ago, about 600 BC. And what we're seeing is the old order of the Middle East politically falling. So uh, what's happening here is that, that the nations that have surrounded Israel, that have, have plundered and, and persecuted Israel for centuries, 
while the Lord has punished Israel and now Judah and Jerusalem for its continuous sins, for the wickedness that they adopted from their surrounding neighbors. And as Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came down and, and persecuted the Jewish people and held three exiles and basically emptied the land of the Jewish people, the surrounding nations rejoiced. Uh, we recently covered both Tyre and Sidon, which are city-states north of Israel. We covered Ammon and Moab and Edom, which are west uh, of the Jordan River. And now the Lord's addressing Egypt. So he's saying, Egypt, you have been around for thousands of years. You know, you're a mighty nation. Uh, but he uses Pharaoh as a descriptor of the power of Egypt. And what the Lord is saying is here is this is it. Egypt is no longer going to be a world power. I'm going to just break its arms. I'm going to scatter its people throughout the Babylonian kingdom. And I'm going to use Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, as my sword against these people. For all the 400 years that Babylon, or excuse me, Egypt had the Jewish people in slavery, for all the years that the uh, kings of Egypt came up and attacked Israel, or Israel ran to them instead of to God for help, God says, this is it. Egypt might live long, and we have prophecies, like you said, Vic, that, that Egypt will exist in the millennial kingdom, but as a world power, this is it. Uh, they will have no longer have a, any kind of influence other than a small influence, which they still continue to have to today. Mm, Nathan, and, uh, and that's, that's great history right there and a great lesson uh, for those individuals that just tuned in. By the way, you're tuned into our Truth with Set Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 30, speaking of the fall uh, of Egypt. Uh, and uh, just uh, Nathan, again, this is fascinating to me because when you look at history, especially at the time that Ezekiel is making this proclamation, uh, he's talking about that present Egypt. And I love what you mentioned and reminded us, uh, much like the Roman Empire, that it was predicted to fall, but it will be divided. And then it will be revived in the end times as the revived Roman Empire. So in other words, this is just a, a, a season that Egypt is going through as God is going to be uh, rising up other kingdoms and Nebuchadnezzar is going to be that instrument uh, that he's going to use. And Nathan, it was similar to the prophecy in Daniel, Daniel chapter two and Daniel chapter seven, where uh, the Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and he could not interpret what it was. And it was in reference to various kingdoms that will rise and fall, right? Absolutely, yeah. Now, with Egypt, Assyria, uh, even the Hittites, uh, if you want to go really ancient, Mesopotamia, you know, the land of Ur, these Akkadian and ancient nations and city-states, are their powers are gone. So we're at the 600 BC. It's a quite a transitional time period. The, the northern tribes of Israel in 722 BC have been, been taken out, and they don't exist, and they've been spread all throughout what was the Assyrian Empire. And what's fascinating is that some of the major religions of the East, like Buddhism and, and Taoism and uh, others, began rising at the same time that the Jewish people started being spread out through the kingdom. So, uh, you know, I don't think that's a coincidence. Uh, the Assyrian Empire fell to the Babylonians. So then you get to Daniel 2, and the Lord says, all right, Nebuchadnezzar, it's not by your power, but I have given you the strength. I have used you to subjugate all these empires like we read here in Egypt, but your empire is not going to last either. Eventually, it'll fall to the Medo-Persians. And, uh, you know, even as great as Nebuchadnezzar was king, you can't depend on your offspring being competent 
Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, Belshazzar, was a quite the inept leader. He was totally incapable. And uh, well, he partied while his empire fell and the Medo-Persian Empire rose. Well, the Medo-Persian Empire dominated the area for a few hundred years until the Greeks rose. And Alexander the Greek came, uh, the Great, excuse me, he was actually Macedonian. But he came in, and in the 300s, uh, he conquered the area. And then eventually the Romans usurped the Greek Empire. And the Roman Empire lasted for well over a thousand years and even split up its influences still today. And like you said, in prophecy, the Roman Empire will rise again as the revived Roman Empire. And that is starting to happen with the European Union. So all these empires are prophesied, and particularly empires that affect Israel. You know, obviously there have been other empires. There's been the, the Mongols, the Aztecs, the Incans, the, the various Chinese dynasties. I mean, they all exist throughout the world. But the Lord is giving prophecy related to the empires that have directly affected Israel. Mm, absolutely. And Nathan, and you and I also spoke uh, regarding the spirit behind the powers, the influencing spirits that were influencing these kingdom and these kings and these kingdoms. And as we get now to chapter 31, we're going to find an interesting twist here once again, as it's going to be referring to the king, but also the spiritual ties that will influence this Pharaoh uh, king of Egypt. So Nathan, I'm going to pick it up here in chapter 31. I'll read verses uh, one through six. And then if you if you could read verses seven through nine, and hopefully those that are following along could see that transition as we read these verses of what's going on behind the scenes. Because we notice chapter 31, and Ezekiel verse one says, and it came to pass in the 11th year, in the third month of the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, say to Pharaoh, king of Egypt and to his multitude, whom are you like in your greatness? Indeed, Assyria was a setter in Lebanon with fine branches that shades the forest and of high stature. And its top was among the thick, the thick boards. The waters made it grow underground waters gave it height with the rivers running around the place where it is planted and sent out uh, rivulets to all the trees of the field verse 5 therefore its height was ex exalted above all the trees of the field its boughs were multiplied and its branches became long because of the abundance of water as it sent them out all the birds of the heaven made the nest in its boughs under its branches and all the beasts of the field brought forth the young and its shadows. All great nations made their home. Verse seven. Thus, it was beautiful in greatness and the length of its branches because its roots reached to abundant waters. The cedars in the garden of God could not hide it. The fir trees were not like its boughs and the chestnut trees were not like its branches. No tree in the garden of God was like it in beauty. I made it beautiful and a multitude of branches so that all the trees of Eden envied it that were in the garden of God. And Nathan, I always look at these little uh, words that seem to pop out as we have been uh, talking about these kingdoms, as we were talking about Tyre and the spirit behind uh, Tyre. And, uh, and, and here, as we look at these verses, they're introducing us to us uh, other parts of the Bible dating back to Genesis chapter two and chapter three in terms of what Eden was like, but also who was present in Eden, uh, Eden at that time. And as we continue in verses 10 uh, to, um, to 18, again, it begins to describe and unfold for us 
the spiritual ties behind what's going on with these kingdoms and also what was behind the influence of Pharaoh. Yeah, because it's confusing at first. I mean, when you get to verse three, it's talking about Assyria is like a tree and the Lord showing that, hey, the empire that the Babylonians destroyed, the Assyrian empire with its capital in Nineveh was like a cedar. It was like Lebanon was known for its trees. And, you know, that's why the Bible points to a cedar in Lebanon. They, it was Lebanon at that time was the place to go for wood. And so Assyria was being shown as this mighty tree. Uh, but we know Assyria was destroyed. So the Lord is, is gearing up towards talking about its destruction at the hands of Babylon. But you're right, brother. It, it gets into here where all of a sudden we're talking about where the Lord's comparing Assyria to a mighty tree that, that dominated the lands in the Middle East. And then it seems to make a transition to a tree in the Garden of Eden. And are we like talking about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Are we talking about the tree of life? Or are we talking about third, a, a different type of tree, something created? Because uh, it's a comparison to a tree, I would say it's the Lord is moving from comparing an empire like Assyria to a personage. And before yeah, we get into revealing who that is, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, so Nathan, let's pick it up. Uh, I'll, I'll take verses uh, 10 uh, through 14, and if you don't mind, 15 through 18, as we see a little bit more revelation of what's happening uh, here in Ezekiel chapter 31. So verse 10 continues and says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have increased in height, and it set its top among the thick brows, and its heart was lifted up in its height, Therefore, I will deliver it into the hand of the mighty one of the nations, and he shall surely deal with it. I have driven you out of his wickedness, and aliens of the most terrible of the nations have cut it down and left it. Its branches have fallen on the mountains and in all the valleys. It falls like broken in all the rivers of the land, and all the, sp all the people of the earth have gone from under its shadows and left it. Verse 13, on its ruin will remain all the birds of the heaven and all the beasts of the field will come to its branches so that no tree by the waters may ever exalt themselves for the height nor set their tops among the thick broads that no tree which drinks water may ever be high enough to reach up to them for they have all been delivered to death to the depths of the earth among the children of men who go down into the pit. Verse 15, Thus says the Lord God, In the day when it went down to hell, I caused mourning. I covered the deep because of it. I restrained its rivers, and the great waters were held back. I caused Lebanon to mourn for it, and all the trees of the field wilted because of it. I made the nation shake at the sound of its fall when I cast it down to hell, together with those who descended into the pit, and all the trees of Eden, the choice and the best of Lebanon, all the drink water, were comforted in the depths of the earth. They went also went down the hell with it, with those slain by the sword and those who were in strong arm dwelt in its shadow among the nations. To which of the trees of Eden will you liken, be likened in glory and greatness? Yet you shall be brought down with the trees of Eden to the depths of the earth. You shall lie in the midst of the uncircumcised with those slain by the sword. This is Pharaoh and all his multitude, says the Lord God. Woo, Nathan, you know, verse 18, it kind of reminds me when we talked about the fall of Lucifer compared to the spirit behind Tyre. We, we noted that the thing that, that made him fall was pride, thinking that he was God. 
We see the same spirit here in Pharaoh, and yet the Bible says that God will break him down into the pits, into, into the depth of the pit of hell, if you will. In, in verse 18, that's why it says, to which of the trees in Eden will you be likened to? In the glory and greatness, yet you shall be brought down with the trees of Eden to the depths of the earth. You shall lie in the midst of its Un uncircumcised. And you and I spoke of the fall of Satan, the fall of Lucifer, the um, angel of light, if you will, who was beautiful in appearance. But the Bible says, Nathan, that pride was found in his heart. And that was the, the, the downfall of him. And we see the same here with Pharaoh. Yeah, the Lord is using uh, both Assyria and Egypt as examples. Uh, they're the human fronts to the spiritual forces that rule behind them. So as we read in previous chapters in Ezekiel, the true powers behind human government are demonic. Uh, it's the, there is the forces of the Lord and there's the forces of Satan. And Satan is the Lord of this world, at least until Jesus returns and defeats him. And him and his minions, who are compared here as the trees of Eden, after the, their fall and attempt to overthrow the Lord in heaven, God casts them out. And uh, there's two groups of angels that... As Vic and I said in our book, The Mighty Angels of Revelation, we, we described the two. There were two different groups, those who were banished to the pit, uh, which is called the bottomless pit. It exists in a, in a, the, within the earth, supposedly, called Sheol, and it's separate. has two divisions. It's a place called Torments. So those who die uh, in rebellion against the Lord, who haven't accepted Jesus as their Savior, when they die, they are sent to this Torments to wait for final judgment. And on the other side was paradise. And uh, the Old Testament saints, when they died in faith, they went to paradise. But when Jesus died on the cross, he, he was the ultimate sacrifice. He, he, he paid for their sins. Uh, and they in faith were led up, and the Bible says, like in captives in a train to heaven. And their paradise has been emptied out. Now when we die in Christ, uh, we go to heaven. We don't go to paradise. So what we got here is that one group that was sent to Sheol or the pit, and they will be released during the coming tribulation time period, as we read in the trumpet judgments. But the other group of fallen angels were disembodied and were sent on the earth. And they, Jesus explained quite a number of times, there are, there are bodiless souls that look for, for people and animals to possess. And one day they will be sent into uh, and cast down into Sheol, where they too will wait for final judgment, the great white throne judgment, and then all be cast into the lake of fire. So depending on your translation, you might be reading hell, uh, which I always associate with the lake of fire, final judgment. Nobody is in hell right now, uh, but it is Sheol, Hades, a holding place for the damned who are waiting final judgment. Nathan, and I want to say that you and I, we don't spend a lot of time talking about hell and all that kind of stuff, but people need to recognize that there is such a place, Nathan, and uh, it's a real place. Just like heaven is real, people need to recognize that hell is also real. And the Bible tells us clearly, Revelation chapter 20 and on, that it was made for Satan and his angels. And uh, uh, Dr. David Hawkins always said that whoever ends up in hell is trespassing. Because <laughs> the reality is God did not intend for men to go there, but our choices will lead us there. And our hope for you that are part of this program is that you would uh, consider when we're talking about heaven and what we're also considering uh, talking about, uh, consider about hell. These are two real places. 
and heaven is for the believer and hell is intended for those who reject Christ, who made that decision in their heart. God doesn't want anybody to end up there because God loves you and has a plan for your life. And we hope that you will consider your eternity. Nathan, we don't have a lot of time left on this earth, right? And people, you just don't know when your last day is going to be. So it's good to be ready and prepared, right, Nate? Yeah, and to be prepared means to have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, his free gift of salvation. That's the only way that your sins can be forgiven and that you have a now a right relationship with God. So that when you die, you are escorted by uh, the angels up to Jesus Christ and you live in, in heaven forever. But for those who've rejected the Lord, first, that you're right, the demons, the lake of fire was created as a punishment for the demons. Satan, uh, the Antichrist, the false prophet, uh, all those demons who are kept in the bottomless pit, those who are disembodied and, and work behind the scenes to bring about the downfall of mankind, they will all be sent to the lake of fire. You know, I was reading this week, uh, there is a, a Satanist club that meets in after schools and they're having a summer camp this year. And so mm. they're raising money and supplies. And if you're send your child who's 10 to 17 years old, who uh, believes they might be gay or trans, and you send them to this camp where they can be indoctrinated in Satanism. And I mean, speaking about leaving, sending your kids to the wolves lair. I mean, these people are, are the, the counselors are all sexual perverts. They're all demon worshipers. I mean, what are they going to do to these children? And yet parents believe today that this is a viable opportunity to send their kids to, to these Satanist camps. I mean, these are the, these, are, these people are defeated. They're going to go to hell, but the powers behind the world, the satanic powers, are trying to drag as many people as possible to hell with them. And uh, that's what we read here. So the Lord isn't addressing just Pharaoh, although well could be that he's saying that the, the power behind Pharaoh's throne, behind Assyria's throne, isn't godly, it's demonic. And so God is promising here, and this, is, this should be really encouraging to all of us, that these demonic powers that rule the world today, and brother, I think we saw it especially during the pandemic, we saw how the leaders of the world are united in a, to, to form a globalist government to, to release every kind of evil possible upon this world, and they will during the tribulation. And it should bring us hope, knowing that the Lord's not going to let that come to fruition for very long. He's going to defeat this evil empire, and all these demonic forces behind these demonic people will go to hell one day. That's justice. Yeah, Nathan, and that's exactly what we what we're reading here. And uh, again, the message for those of us that are part of this program, and for those of you that do not have a relationship with God, God is a just God, and and uh, He does punish evil, and uh, evil is called sin, falling short of the glory of God, uh, fall of perfection, and and that's why God sent His Son Jesus to die at the cross, so that He paid the penalty for our sins if we indeed turn to Him. And if you're out there and you don't have a relationship with the Lord and you're considering one with him, I'm going to share with you right now how you can start the relationship with him and be able to escape this pit that we're talking about and uh, run into the loving arms of the Lord. Because the Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And that means you, whoever and if you want to turn to Christ, you can do so with a very simple prayer right now that I'm going to lead you into. And if you pray this prayer and you mean it from your heart, God will indeed grant you eternal life. A simple prayer calling unto the Lord, just saying, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. 
God, right now, I repent for my sins and I turn to you. I want to invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and to be my friend. And from this day forth, I want to follow you, Jesus. In your name, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. That's simple. And if you pray that prayer for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call, 305-992-9537 or text us. Nathan and I will rejoice hearing from you. We'll send you a Bible and a study guide so you can continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. And we want to say congratulations because you are now on your way to heaven. And Nathan, that's why you and I rejoice in doing these programs, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I love John 3.36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, the wrath of God has been satisfied. Your sins have been forgiven, the guilt is washed away, and you inherit eternal life with Jesus Christ. But as we read here, the Lord will bring judgment on those whose wrath is still upon them. And we pray that that's nobody who's tuned in today, that everybody here uh, listen to Vic's prayer uh, to the Lord and accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. Praise the Lord. That is awesome. Thank you, Nate. And well, of course, for those of you that are part of our program, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Big Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week. The good news is finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life.